I love our kids. Don't you love the kids? Nothing better than kids. I'm telling you, they're amazing. You know, a lot of, a lot of times we hear about the next generation. Like, we got to get ready. These guys are going to be the next generation. Here at Momentum, we believe they're the now generation. It's generation now that these guys can lead right now. In fact, this is so awesome. Next gathering, um, one of the leaders for Momentum Kids for the program that we're going to put on uh, is, is a sixth grader, Callie. Isn't that awesome? And she has led up. That's what I'm talking about. And so um, this gathering and next gathering, they're going to look a little bit different. Some of you, um, you may want to stick around and see the kids' next gathering. It's going to be incredible. And uh, I cannot wait. Listen, we're in the series, I Love My Church. I Love My Church. And, and we're talking about, in this series, we're talking about finances. And we're talking about different angles of finances. How many know that money matters? Do you know that money matters? And do you know that the way that you view money matters? Do you know that? See, some people get funny when, when you talk about money, and other people get more wise. They, they, they get better. Proverbs says that a wise man will hear and increase learning. They'll do something with it. I want you to turn to someone and say, I'm a wise one right here. Go ahead. I'm a wise one right here. That's right. I'm a wise one. We're going to hear and then we're going to do something with it. That's what we're going to do today. Now, we've talked about all kinds of stuff. Last week was about stewardship. We said that stewardship is about responsibility. How many understand the importance of responsibility when it comes to your finances? You don't have to say yes or raise your hand, but do you understand the importance? It's once been said that the difference between the haves and the have-nots were the dids and the did-nots. How about that? Right? So God has a lot to say about money. The Bible actually is relevant Maybe you're here today and you're like, man, church, I'm not really a church-going person. And we invited someone. Steph and I bought furniture on Friday. And we bought um, a couch and all that stuff. It's been 16 years since we got a couch and love seat and chair. And I sat down the other day, and I sat down, and it looked a little worse than it's been looking. <laughs> like, holy cow. And Steph's such a champ. We were like, man, if we can just get Gavin to where he's five. Because how many know that have little kids? They love to draw. On furniture in your car. And, and so we went and we, we bought some furniture. And, um, and then uh, we invited our salesman. We invited um, him and uh, another uh, sales lady there. We invited her. And she said, well, I appreciate it, but, but I'm, I'm not really a church-going person. And God loves her anyways, doesn't he? And God loves you anyways. So if you're here and you're like, I'm, this really, I'm just here for a friend today. We're glad that you're here. And even if you don't believe in God, so she, she was agnostic, our wait, waitress the other day, we, we met, right, Caleb up here and Matt up here, we had an agnostic waitress who sat down, we had a conversation with her, it was really great. You know, when you, when you talk to someone about Jesus, you should never get angry, you don't need to get defensive, you don't need to argue, you just need to love. Right? And that's what we got to do. And she's like, well, I really don't, 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 don't. But the truth will set you free. And so maybe you're hearing you say, I'm an agnostic. Or maybe you're hearing you say, I'm, I'm an atheist. I don't believe in any of this stuff. That's okay. Here's the truth. If you will listen to these principles, these principles will help even you. 
And if you're here and you're a Christian today, you have the opportunity to change your mind. You have the opportunity to think differently. And how we think determines everything. Do you know that? Do you know that the Bible tells us that as a man purpose or as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. In other words, as you think you go. So because based on my belief, then I act out and I have my behavior. My belief becomes behavior. And in the area of finances last week, we talked about stewardship. We said it was about responsibility. Well, today we're going to really flush that out. We're going to put some skin on those bones and help you. Let this be a practical message to help you. How many have a credit card? Stand up. If you own a credit card, stand up. Now, this doesn't, I'm not, I'm not proving that you're good or you're bad if you have a credit card. i just, just curious. How many have a credit card? Stand up. Okay, sit down if you only have one. Sit down if you have two or less. Okay, sit down if you have three or less. Everyone else, sit down. Someone say, I love my pastor. They say that the average American has at least seven credit cards. Maxed. And we rob Peter to pay Paul. And then we rob Paul to pay Peter. And then we rob Paul and Peter to pay Matthew. We're like, man, we got to pay this again, pay this again. We transfer balances, all this stuff. Today, I want to show you what the Bible says about debt. What the Bible says about debt. Now, our culture will tell you that, that debt is good, man. Like, you need to have debt. You need to have credit. And you, that's, that's what you need in life. And, and you know, it's, it's okay. In fact, our culture always says more. I want more. Someone say, I want more. I want more. I want more. That's what, right? In fact, on, uh, on Black Friday and Cyber Monday and Terrific Tuesday and all these different things, it, you know, Christmas is coming. I, I love to get a deal. But if we're not careful, we'll get swept into the, I got to have, I got to have, I got to have, I got to have. And having never makes me happy. Woo! Someone say having never makes me happy. But the lie of the enemy is if you get more, then you'll be more satisfied. If you get more, then you'll be more happy. If you get more, then your life is just going to be completely satisfying. And the truth is, Scripture speaks to this. We're going to put up a verse here. I want you to check this out. In uh, Proverbs, we're going to give you a couple different verses from Proverbs. I want to show you um, Proverbs 119 in the New Living Translation. Look at this. Such is the fate of all. Someone say all. Such is the fate. So this is the end. This is the end of the story. Such is the fate or the end of all who are, someone say greedy, for money. It robs them of Satan of our life. Say it, Gulf Breeze. It robs them of. So if you want your life taken away, be greedy for money today. But if you want to have more life and more life and life abundantly, then, then take those desires and take them and turn them to God. Because the truth is, everyone here has a vacuum inside of you that only God can fill. And a lot of people, especially around this time of year, 
They are looking for something because they're so empty. They're looking for something because they're so dead. They're looking for something just to give them a little, ugh. I know this to be true because I've struggled with it in the past. I know that when you have depression, depression, some people feel better by eating. They try to fill the void with food. Some people try to fill the void with spinning. Some people try to, and, and, and this time of year, man, th- this can be a depressing time of year. Right? If you lost someone, if your relationships aren't healthy, if someone's left you, Someone's passed away recently. This is hard this time of year, and it can get so depressing. And so all I'm saying is pay attention to what you fill that with. Only Jesus can satisfy. And if you look to spending, spending's not going to get you out of it. So if, if you want to lose your life, then get greedy about money. That's why it's healthy for us to remain like this. See, when a baby's born, a baby comes into the world like this. And when we die, we die like this. And we can learn that lesson before we die. That life is less about this and more about this. I want you to see this verse in a different translation. I don't know. I don't think I gave this to the guys in the back. But I put this down. Um, I wanted to see how the message translated this verse. It says, when you grab all you can get. That's what happens. The more you get, the less you are. The more you get, the less you are. And yet we live in a culture, in a society that says you need more. But the problem is, the problem comes into play when we go into debt to get more. And so we do this. We say, you know what I need? I don't have the money right now. I wish I had the money. I don't have the money. I don't have the money right now, but I've got good credit. And so here's what we do. We sign the back of the card, and we strap on Visa. We put on Visa. We put it on. Oh, we got approved. You remember the first credit card that you got? You remember that? The first credit card that you got, you felt like you were somebody. You felt like you could fly. And you didn't just get a low level. I mean, man, they put that level pretty high. It was high up to the sky. And you're like, yeah, look at me now. Look at me now. And they promised things like sky miles. You would be flying high. Nothing wrong with that. Nothing, I've got a credit card. I use that for SkyMiles. Nothing wrong with that. But the danger comes into play when we get into debt and when we want more, but we don't have more money. And so we borrow to get what we want now. So what we say is, I want it now. I want it now. I want that now. And if we're not careful, we'll become a statistic. We'll be like all the other Americans that owe thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars in debt. I'm, I'm not just talking about a house. We're going to 
you know, that, man, what a, what a goal, what an awesome goal. I hope several of you have done um, on your way to doing that or have done it where you can pay off your house. That's a great thing to do. That, that's a great goal to have. But I'm talking about credit cards, just debt, debt, debt. In fact, it reminds me of this story. There was a story once of a lady who was 35 years old, and she took care of her mom. Her mom had cancer. And 35 years old, it's pretty young, 40s pretty young, I hear. And um, she, uh, <laughs> she, I'm turning 40 in a, in a little bit, so that's why I said that for some of you. Um, so she's taking care of her mom, or if she was from Australia, she'd call her mum. And, and she was taking care of her mom, and her mom was getting weaker and weaker and weaker, and her mom, her mom was dying. Her mom was dying. And she watched her mom die before her very eyes. And you know what's crazy? What's crazy is that she believed now that she had cancer. She was 35 years old. She had a sore throat. She believed that she had cancer. She believed she was going to die. So you know what she did? She turned a pistol on her kids, two of them, who were very young. And then she turned it on herself because she truly believed today's message is called paradigm shift. That's your belief system is your paradigm. She believed that she had cancer, that her younger kids would get cancer, that life was miserable and horrible, and they would be better off escaping the realities of the world. And in one day... Three people died because of one person's belief system. And if you were to talk to her today, she would probably be very passionate that she did the right thing. But she believed the wrong message, didn't she? When the autopsy was performed, found out she had laryngitis. That was it. Today, there are so many people who their belief system is skewed, and that so is their view of money and of debt. But if you talk to them, they'd be very, very passionate that, they're, that it's, it's okay and they're going to be okay. And yet, Proverbs 22.7 has something to say about this. Just as the rich rule the poor, look at the screens, so the borrower is, say the word servant, Say the word servant. Say it, Navarre. Say the word servant. Great job. Is servant to the lender. The Bible talks about borrowing. Just as the rich rule the poor, so the borrower is servant to the lender. The problem with credit that is not paid off, credit cards that are used and maxed out and Another one open. And the problem is it leads to you borrowing money that you can't pay back. We have community groups that help in this area. And you know the truth. Being a pastor, being in the ministry for quite some time, here's what I've learned. It does not matter how much someone makes. It doesn't matter. I've met people that that were incredibly um, paid well and yet incredibly in debt. 
So this just in, this just in isn't, this isn't, let's try that. This isn't just a, you know, this is just kind of this level of income right here and just people within the, you know, if they make 20000 a year, they struggle with this. No, 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 no. No, there are people that make way more than six figures. And they can fall into the same trap. Today, I want to help you avoid the trap. Today, I want to help you get out of the trap if you're in the trap. Are you with me? So the borrower is servant. Whenever you go to borrow money, think servant. Not like I need to be a good Christian servant. Think slave to the borrower. Now, if I asked if you were in debt to not not including a house, but if I asked if you were in debt, how many people would stand? If I said if if not including cars, just just credit cards, how many people would stand? Probably a lot of people, and I want to help you today. But I know that I run the risk of when I talk about this, because this is so personal for everyone in here. This is a personal thing. It's like, whoa, preacher. I know that I run the risk of being discredited and tuned off and whoa, 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 whoa. And, and more importantly, as a communicator, there's a higher risk. And the higher risk is that you sit here, you'd be engaged, you'd be like, yes, and then you would do nothing about it. And today I want to help you. I want to help you get out of the trap. I went hunting recently in Missouri and, and um, I, I aimed at this deer and I shot the deer. I think I told this story a couple weeks ago, but you pretend you heard it for the first time and maybe hear it for the first time, then you'll hear it for the first time. And, and I shot this deer and I waited for the moment. So much had gone into this moment. It was a buck. This is the first time I actually pulled the trigger at a deer. It, it was a good looking deer. I've got it in the scope. I'd already, already kind of worked on the breathing thing and the buck fever and I'm breathing and when I'm aiming, I'm getting it, here we go, and I shoot the thing, and the deer drops. The buck drops. I wait. All of a sudden, I feel exhilarated. I felt like, yeah, I got it. Been about a minute, that deer got raised to life. <laughs> Just as I stood in the deer stand, was like, yeah. You know, it was a brave heart moment for me. I saw myself as William Wallace, had the paint on. I I stood up, Rodney's here. I looked at Rodney. We were kind of celebrating, you know, probably more me than him. Yeah! That deer went, boom, popped up on his feet and took off. I'm not even kidding you. I was like, (laughs) I was like, what? That was supposed to happen. I didn't see it happening that way. It had been a minute. That thing got up and looked like, you know, Fred Flintstone, you know, boom, out of there. And that was all right. I was tracking with it, tracking with it, tracking with it. I was like, come on, show yourself again. Disappeared. And I knew I knew I got him. After 400 yards of tracking that buck in the night, I came to the conclusion I didn't have him. (laughs) That deer, I don't know where I hit that deer. I was pretty sure it was a, a kill shot. Evidently not. That deer, like, I'm dead. I'm not dead. He missed. Or he shot the bottom of my leg. I, I saw blood. I saw lots of blood. But evidently it, it wasn't enough. That deer got up and took off for its life. Scripture has something to say about it. I want you to look at this verse. Put this verse up on the screen. Another phenomenal verse in, out of Proverbs. Proverbs 6, verse 5. Save yourselves like a gazelle or like a deer 
escaping from a hunter, like a bird fleeing from a net. If you could, I'm telling you, someone here could have won $10,000. Had you been in the woods just to get a video of this? You're like, this is my pastor. He's trying to get his first buck. There's the buck. He's getting ready. He shoots. He hit him. No, and you, if you would have seen me standing in the deer stand, like, yeah, come on, that's what I'm talking about. First shot, I dropped him. Yeah, who's your daddy? I'm your daddy. If you would have seen the celebration, you would have thought I was crazy. More crazy if you would have seen that deer come back to life and run for his life and then seen the look on my face. Probably could have won America's Funniest Home Videos. It went from William Wallace to loser. I'm like, no way. Are you kidding? Come on. Save yourself. See, if you're in debt today and you've been carrying around debt, here's what I know about you. You're tired. Because weight and debt and chains, they all go together. Now, this is heavy. That's all right. I work out. Drink milk. All right. Now I'm okay like this. But for how long? And the longer that something is here that's not supposed to be here, the worse it's going to be for me. It's going to be hard to sleep like this. I mean, can you imagine me trying to sleep? I'm like... And then wake up in the morning and do it again. Has anyone ever seen somebody that walks around like this? You ever seen someone with a bad back? Your heart goes out to them? Save yourself financially. Escape. Get out of debt because the chains and the locks actually add weight to your life in a bad way. And what will happen is eventually it will wear you down and it will wear you out. And then it makes it hard to breathe. It's actually harder to breathe. It makes it harder to breathe. It will hurt your posture. It will affect your sleep. And eventually, it will not only bring you to your knees, eventually... It'll bring, I think, shortness to your life. So how do you get the chains and the shackles and the locks and the weight of debt off of you? You get up, even if you were shot, and you run. Like Tim Payne missed you the first time, but he's going to hit you the second time. You get up and you run for your life. If you're here today, you're here today, and you made some bad decisions, here's the good news. You can make a decision today that will help you.
dump the deck. Get off me. And for some of you, that day will never come until you say, get off me. Maybe you need to take some good old-fashioned scissors to the credit cards. Because Christmas is coming. And every Christmas you go thousands of dollars in debt. But your kids deserve to have a good Christmas. Don't think short-term, think long-term. Your kids deserve to have parents who are not exhausted because of the chains of debt around them. Then you can be free. You can move a little bit better. You can sleep a bit, little bit better. You can breathe a little bit better. You have more energy to play with them. And here's the thing. Children don't spell love, T-O-Y-S. All you got to do is have a Christmas with kids. And they shred as fast as they can. And then when it's over, the <gasps> of getting more is over. And sometimes they don't even play with that toy again for the rest of the year. Am I telling the truth? How many know I got some kids? Or later that night, you go to the grandparents' house. And they say, what did you get? And they're like, uh... Uh, I don't, I don't really remember. That's what I want you to think of every time you swipe into debt. To put happiness in their heart, it won't work. You deserve to be debt free. Now, it takes some determination. It means you're going to have to escape like a hunter. Nope. It means you're going to have to escape like a deer. Hey, don't laugh at me. Sometimes, sometimes you got to say stuff like that to wake you up. Be like, that didn't make sense. He said that backwards. Sometimes you got to escape like a gazelle who's running. Like a gazelle that would be running for their life. My prayer for you is if you're there to escape. Now, how do you escape? Here's how you do it. Are you ready? Here's how you do it. You shred the cred. You shred the cred. Shred it. You don't need it. Get rid of it. Get rid of it. Dump the debt. How do you do that? Well, how you do that is you have to have a mindset like no other. If you're $8,000 in credit card debt, then pick up another job, a side job, or live below your means. See, we get into debt when we don't live below our means. We get the stuffitis. It's what Dave Ramsey calls worshiping of stuff. The stuffitis. And we stuff ourselves with what I want. Stuff, 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 stuff. How many, how many ever put too much on your plate? Or put too much on your plate. Anyone ever do that? And then how many people ever actually ate it all? And you're like, wow. <laughs> you get done, you're like, wow, I didn't actually think I'd eat all that. And then how many know what it feels like to be stuffed? Needing a nap and waking up and looking swollen. That's what happens when we have no margin financially. I want you to see one last verse. We're through. Let's put it up. Proverbs 10.22. Proverbs 10.22. The blessing of the Lord makes a person rich. And he adds no sorrow to it. 
The blessing of the Lord makes a person rich. The blessing of the Lord makes a person rich. The blessing of the Lord. Some of the wealthiest people ever were people out of the Bible. That they lived for God. Father Abraham, he was wealthy. If you wanted to know Uncle Abe, you wanted to know him. You wanted to be one of his grandchildren. Because a godly man leaves an inheritance to his grandkids. The blessing of the Lord. I want to help you today. If you know what I'm talking about, if this is a little too painfully to be true, here's what I want to encourage you to do. Sell some stuff. Sell some stuff. Pay it off. Here's what you do. Dave Ramsey calls it the, the debt snowball. Here's what you do. Take your smallest debt and attack it like a deer or gazelle running for its life. If you're if if you got seven credit cards and the lowest one has a two thousand dollar balance on it, then use don't go to Starbucks. Don't go out to eat. Fall in love with peanut butter and jelly, rice and beans. And take all that money that you're spending going out to eat every day of your life. A couple meals of your day. Take that money and attack that $2,000 debt. And get that thing paid off. You get a win under your belt. Then turn to the next one. Then turn to the next one. And get that debt off you. Get it off. Get it off of you. And walk humbly before your God, realizing that the blessing of the Lord makes a person rich. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes? How many say, Tim, I know what that feels like. I've been kicking around the weight of debt. I've been wearing it. I live, maybe you say I live paycheck to paycheck. And, or maybe you say I'm addicted to spending. And really, I'm not being a good steward. And every payday that I get, it's like there's this, this, this money in my account and it's burning a hole in my pocket. And I feel better. I feel better about me as a person. I feel better about life when I go out and I spend. Maybe it's a status thing. Maybe it's going out to eat with other people and I spend more than I should. And, and the truth is I've got this a debt, this debt, and, and it's killing me to death and I want to get it off. And today I'm committing. See the word commit. Daniel purposed in his heart. This is going to take some mental toughness right here. But say today before the Lord. Don't make a vow. God said it's better not to make a vow than make one and break it. But I'm going to call you to a decision today. How many people today would say, Tim, today I'm turning around. I'm going to go the other way. I'm going to deal with my debt. And I'm going to dump it. I'm going to get rid of it if it takes me a year, five years, or ten years. I'm going to get it off. And I'm going to trust the Lord to supply my needs. And I'm going to believe that he's a good, good father. That It's the blessing of the Lord that makes a person rich. I'm not going to, in Visa, we trust. In American, American Express, we trust. I'm going to turn to God. And I'm going to do it differently today. That's, that's what I'm choosing in my heart to do today today is a new day and i'm not going to go into tons and i'm not going to go into debt for christmas maybe this is the christmas that your kids will actually remember because this christmas is not about 
getting 20 presents under the tree or them getting $1,000 worth of presents under the tree that will take you six years to pay off with the interest. That, that this year, maybe the gift to your family is you're going to lead well. You're going to steward well. How many people say, that's where I'm at today, Tim? Now, I understand that's not a sexy, um, you know, place to raise your hand. But as long as you live in denial, you'll one day live in regret. So it starts today. How many people would say, Tim, today I'm making that decision and I'm asking God to help me in this area. It's been a weakness of mine. It's been a weakness. It's been a blind spot. I spend and spend, don't even have a clue, and the bill comes in, and next thing I know, it's creating all kinds of arguments with me and the wife or me and the husband, and man, it's just, it, this thing has rocked my world. It's, it's wrecked my world. It's, it's ruining my world, and I'm going to deal with it today. I'm, I'm not going to walk out of here and then go get in debt and go to lunch and, and, and get more in debt. I'm not going to do that. If I don't have it, I'm not going to spend it. I'm not going to borrow it. I'm not going to be a slave. I'm going to be free. That's how God wants you to be. How many say, that's how I'm going to live, Tim, from here on out? I'm making that decision. If that's you, would you raise your hand all over? Would you raise your hand all over? Would you raise it up? There's no shame here. There's no shame. No one's looking down on you. See, the truth is there was a very few hands raised when there probably should be the majority of hands raised. So let's try this again. How many people want to be honest before God in his house? Let's try this again. How many say, Tim, I, I need some help here. Would you raise your hand? God, help me in this area. God, help me in this area. I want to do it differently. I want to do it differently. I want to be free. Jesus, I pray for these people who have had the courage and the humility to raise their hand. Help them, Father God, I pray. Dump the debt. May there be a paradigm shift in their mind and in their life, and in their home, may strife cease, may life begin. And then I want to ask you today, if you're here, how many, how many would say, Tim, I, I, is there anyone here that today you'd say, you'd say, Tim, I don't know Jesus. I, I've never accepted God's gift of, of, of Jesus. I've never done that. I, I, I've, I've spent my life resisting it. I've spent my life not believing that he was the savior of the world. I've spent my life being CEO. I'm in charge. I'm the boss. My way, the highway. Like, I run my life. I'm a self-made man. And you've never turned and humbled yourself and kneeled at the cross and said, Jesus, I need you to forgive me. I need you to do for me what I can never do for myself. And that is forgive me and set me free. Forgive my sins. Wash them. I humble myself. I, I'm getting in, in the backseat. I don't even want to be up front. I'm in the backseat. Here's the keys to my life, Jesus. You be my CEO. You be my Lord. You be my Savior. You be my master. I'm humbling myself. Humbling myself to you. I need you. I'm turning to you. How many say I've never done that, but today I want to do that? I won't embarrass you. If that's you, would you just simply raise your hand real quick? I want to pray for you. I see a hand in the back. It's awesome. Anybody else, you'd raise your hand. You'd raise it high, raise it real high. Then I, I want to lead real quick in what's called a sinner's prayer. And if you need Jesus, you've never given your life or your heart to Jesus, today's your day. If you're trusting in your baptism or your church membership or your church attendance or, or that you 
you, uh, you're a good person, if you're trusting in any of those things, you're trusting in the rosary, you're trusting in this or in that, listen, if you're trusting in anything except for Christ, in Christ alone, your belief is in the wrong thing, and it matters. Can I lead you in the sinner's prayer? You just repeat after me, church. We'll say it together. Dear Jesus, I confess today with my mouth that I'm a sinner, that I need a Savior. I feel your love today, and I accept it. I say yes. There's a lot about you, God. I don't understand. But it's no longer an excuse. Today I give my life to you. Thank you for dying for me. That I might have life. Thank you for shedding your blood. So I could be clean. And made new. Thank you for rising again. So that I could rise again. I give you my life. I accept your life. Now teach me how to live. In Jesus name I pray. Amen. With heads bowed and eyes closed. If you did that today, man, we have our hoster in the back with a gift for you because we believe that today is the best day of your life. We believe that today is your spiritual birthday and we have a, a gift for you. So if you prayed that today for the first time, would you raise your hand on the count of three? And I'm going to pray that God will give you courage, that you won't be embarrassed or shy or timid, that you'll just hold up your hand and say it was me. We won't embarrass you, but we're going to give you a gift, and we're going to help you. We're going to help teach you the ways of Jesus. We're going to help you experience the life of Jesus. On the count of three, Spirit of the living God, give him courage, I pray. On the count of three, one, two, three. If you did that, would you raise your hand? I see two hands in the back right back here. I see two hands in the back. Yay, God. Yay, God. Yay, God. Come on, church. No golf clap here. Come on, church. That's the deal. Scripture says whenever one person gives their life to Jesus, heaven throws a party. Here's what I want you to do and anyone else that didn't raise your hand, but, man, you prayed that prayer. You know today was the day you gave your life to Christ. I want you to see Pastor Jim right over here. I want you to see him afterwards. He'll be right outside these doors that you're going to walk out. I want you to walk up and say, today, I gave my life to Jesus. Or maybe there's tears in your eyes. You look at him, shake your head, yes. And let us please connect with you and help you. All right? Incredible. Listen, church, listen, Christmas is coming up. I want you to take those invite cards. And I want you to invite people. I want you to stretch yourself. I want you to give yourself a BHAG, a big, hairy, audacious goal of how many people you can invite and how many people you can believe that with God's help, you can be a bringer and bring them. Bring them. This and Easter, two greatest opportunities of the year to bring someone who normally would not go to church. I want to encourage you to be a bringer. I love you guys so much. So good to see you. Can't wait to say bye to you on the way out.